Yeah. What's up? <clears throat> Lots to talk about. I have 30 minutes. This is uh, Hemlock Springs. Sever the Light. I love... I, she's fantastic. I love her. Love her. Uh, you may... Yeah, whatever. She has a song called Girlfriend that's... I just... I, I love both of these songs, but... This, this is my kind of shit. Anyway. <sighs> a lot of just shitty news. <laughs> <sighs> hey, uh, Johnny Boy, can you please hum over the song? Because that's definitely what we'd rather hear. Oh, you would? Okay. <laughs> this is her, the big, her big song, I guess. I don't know what, I mean, to me, I look at it on Spotify, it's like, wow, 37 million streams. I think half of those are from me from the last year. Whenever this thing came out. I don't know. I love this song. Alright. So, how you doing? <laughs> I'm... I'm at the point of, like, I'm so... there's I have so much to do that I'm just not doing any of it. Which is how I always handle things when I have too much to do. Be your girlfriend. They have the lyrics. I don't know lyrics to anything. Ego of a god. But if you take me, I can't. I can't do it. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> All right, I, I got it. let's 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 kill the music. I think. Sorry, but anyways, go listen to Hemlock Springs. I really like her, and I, you know, one thing I've realized. I don't know. I realized, but uh, it's kind of a nice thing that like people do still make music videos. You're not gonna see them on MTV, but they still make music videos. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and just saying, like, hey, I don't, have you heard? I, I was recommending Hemlock Springs to her. Um, and uh, per the usual, she did not listen to any of it, uh, which is the case with anything and everything that I have ever sent this person. Uh, anyway, I don't know. But uh, anyways... Uh, <laughs> I was talking about, like, yeah, because basically I've been sitting around at, at night and we watch movies or we watch a show or we, whatever. And then a lot of times, uh, all right, great tune, great tune. Uh, the wife will get up, go, uh, whatever, for whatever reason, take laundry out or uh, make some popcorn or go to the bathroom, whatever. And then I, then I'll just like, okay, I, I can't, I can't just sit there with a movie or a I can't sit there with a thing on pause. I need, I need constant stimulation. I don't do pause. It's just like, I don't do commercials. I don't watch commercials. I can't, I just, 
No, this is ruining my life. I need the show. <laughs> um, and uh, I feel like commercials is another one of those old timey things that we don't really think about, like movies. They're just like, well, what what should we call these moving pictures? How about movies? Because they move. <laughs> uh, what should we what should we call these uh, commercial sponsorships that are paid by advert? How about commercials? The commercials are coming up. Oh yeah, okay, sure. Uh, you want me to put you you want me to put a commercial in the talkies and your movies? Anyway, whatever. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so, like, I was just saying, like, hey, I, I thought you might like this music. I like it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Uh, you know, whatever. You've, you've regularly just, like, <laughs> shit on everything that I've sent you, and so I've, I've pulled back on talking to you. Uh, and I'm sure... Whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, like last year, we got a cat, Toby, the tube man. He's great. He's the greatest. I, I adore this this little bastard. Even though he, you know, he's not like a snuggly guy, but he had a he had a shitty uh, previous owner, from what I understand. Fucking six years, and this bitch had her stupid boyfriend move in with his stupid piece of shit dogs, and then then she's like, okay, well, we'll get because the cat because he kept running outside. He was terrified of the dog. He kept running outside, and uh, he even I like he, I I don't know he burned himself on the sidewalk or something because it was too hot out and he I, I I'm not really sure, but anyways not not a great situation. So he's not you know he's not a snuggler, but he he can be at times when he wants food, <laughs> uh, which is always, but he doesn't always snuggle when he wants food. I mean he's. I don't know. He's an enigma. Anyway, great. And it was like, it was a special moment. Like I brought, I brought him home and, uh, you know, I opened the door and said, Hey, everybody meet Toby. And the kids were, I mean, literally in tears, tears of joy. I mean, it was a, it was just a nice moment. It was a beautiful moment. And then, uh, later that, uh, you know, I was just like, I think I texted a few people, you know, parents and whatnot, and just, hey, we got a cat. And I texted this one particular person who I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, despises me and just feels obligated to, like, be my friend. I'm not really sure. It's a, it's a, it's a weird kind of thing. Um, And I just was like, oh, yeah, hey. Just, uh, just let you know. Hey, look, check it out. We got a, got a cat named Toby. He's so cute. And the response was, "I hate cats." <laughs> like, uh, all right, good talking to you. And I said, "Well, I guess that works out because I hate dogs, so we can stay away from each other forever." Even though she doesn't even have a dog, but whatever. Um. Anyway, but it's, uh, who am I to tell somebody how they should uh, behave and act? Like, hey, I, I'm so, it's like, 
Like, why would you... I, what's what's so bad in your life that you would want to shit on a happy... Like, hey, look at this. It was a picture. Like, here's the cat, and look at how happy my children are. Oh, I hate cats. Like, okay. Well, I won't bother you with any more cat pictures. Actually, now that I think about this, it's like, why did I... Why have I kept in contact at all? This is... And this is somebody who, like... Is very... Mm, you ever have those people in life who are just very... You realize that uh, the relationship is purely transactional. And by transactional, I mean you give of yourself and then and, and nothing happens. And then when they don't need you, it's like you're from another planet. Eh... There's plenty. I'm 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 lucky though. I don't. I honestly think there's like one or two people, maybe just this one person who's like that, which is cool. Like none of my, you know, none of my friends are like that. It's there's no. It's just like hey, we're friends. You want to hang out? Hey, let's talk. Hey, you texted me. I'll I'll return your texts um, within a month. Or instead of just not, I'll ignore. None of my friends are like, I'm just going to ignore you until I need you for something. And that's what this person is. So I probably, probably, when I really kind of think about it, like, this was somebody, I, I, I had no intention of talking about any of this, but uh, this, this person, uh, you know, I used to help them out with, like, I, I'm happy to give advice where I can give it. I don't have a lot of advice to give. The advice that I give to my kids is chase happiness, peace. Don't make your life any more complicated than it needs to be. You can't control all of that, but you can control some of it. So try to, you know... Try to keep it a minimal, just nonsense. Don't chase money, because that's that's an unattainable goal. Like it's you think you have a you have a number in mind, and you think okay, once I get there, I'll be all set. Yeah, well, then you get there, and it's not enough. And also in this day and age, like even a six figure salary is really not that much money. Like what twenty years ago, if somebody was like, hey. Won't be long. You'll be making six figures. I'd be like, what? And then when I finally got there, it was like, this ain't so great. <laughs> I somehow, somehow I have less money than when I was making way less than this. I don't know. But that's because, you know, you, you, your lifestyle, it's, it's all, it's all relative to money. If money coming in and money going out, it's doesn't matter if you, um, Make a dollar a day or a million dollars a day. If it's <laughs> if the ratio of outgoing to incoming is the same, then you're either saving uh, some money or you've got nothing. And yeah, I know a dollar a day versus a million dollars a day is very different. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, anyways, so I you know I I give my kids advice from time to time, and it's it's as simple as like. College, you know, and I've told them too. Like, college isn't the only way to get somewhere. In fact, 
it might be un- uh, unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or something that would absolutely require a college degree if you even wanted to get in the door, then of course you not only should you go to college, you have to go to college. Other than that, and I just say, like, ask yourself the question, does this career path absolutely require college? And if the answer is no, then maybe you don't need to do that whole, like, okay, graduate high school, go to college, four years, uh, you know, drink and party and, you know, maybe study some stuff and then I'm done with college and then, okay, now I can get a job in retail. Oh, so like the same job that I had before college, I'm now qualified to have that after college too. Great, that's super. And in some cases, you can get an MBA and still work that same retail job for over a year while you're trying to get a job with your MBA and finding that nobody gives a shit. Unless it's like, you know, yeah, Harvard MBA. Okay, maybe that's a, that's a little bit different, but like, uh, or you know, one of the one of the top top schools. But there, you know, there's no guarantee of anything. And so I just tell the kids, like, dude, if you're like, I think I've said this. I think I might have. This might be the twentieth time in the last week that I've said this on the podcast. I'm not sure. Or I've said it to my therapists. I think I said both. I I, I don't even know. Uh, But somebody once said to me, uh, and this was back when I was like, I don't know, 17, 18. I was in high school getting ready for college and I wanted to go to school for like film, TV, whatever. Making, Making stuff with cameras is what I was interested in doing. And, uh, and somebody said, hey, if you really, you know, if you want to, if you want to pursue this career path, like, you, you know, I mean, degrees fine. But like, if I were you, I'd just move out to Los Angeles, get a minimum wage job doing uh, bullshit, you know, gopher stuff, getting coffee, uh, you know, production assistant, little, uh, you know, asshole making a few bucks an hour and just, you know, work your way up. Like, if you're going to be making eight bucks an hour in in the Albany area, uh, 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 working retail, yeah, you might as well be out someplace that has the industry that you're interested in. Stop dicking around with this, like, you know, bullshit college stuff. Because also, the place that I went to school, I went to Binghamton. And their film school, not exact. I mean, it's a reputable program. Cinema. They call it the cinema program. It's so fucking pretentious. Anyway, uh... It's the cinema program, and it is, yeah, it's a degree that is, as they as the as the saying goes, it's it's worth uh, about approximately the same, or maybe a little bit less than the paper that the degree was printed on, which is also a lie because I don't even know if I ever. I actually I think I do have my undergrad diploma somewhere, but I don't care. I was talking to somebody about like. I had, like, trophies and things from when I was a kid, like, wrestling tournament stuff, and I don't have a ton. I didn't play a lot of sports, but I have I have a ton of, like, swimming uh, ribbons and things. That's all bullshit. I have trophies from this and that. 
And uh, one day I was cleaning and I took, I just said, why am I, why do I keep moving these trophies around? Like what, what is the use of any of this? So I took a picture of all my, I took, took out my phone and I took pictures of all my trophies and then I threw them in the trash. And I was talking to somebody who almost fainted when I, like, what? You threw away your trophy? Like, what am I going to do? I could either have a box in the basement with trophies in it, or I could have one less box that I never look at, except for when I move. And uh, I got news for you. I ain't moving anywhere, anytime, probably ever. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a box that's just going to sit there. And then, like, one more thing for my kids to have to clean out when I fucking kick off. Oh, my God. Oh, what What other meetings are there? This sucks. I'm so exhausted. Burnout is actually the word. Uh, Anyways, if I could do it over again, I would have absolutely not gone to college at all. I mean, yeah, I would, you know, go someplace... Get a try to get a job in the in the industry. Uh, New York, L.A., both very expensive. I get that, but yeah. still would have been better than spending all that money on a degree and then another one. Um, yeah, so my you know uh, I I think my youngest my youngest is, is planning on going to school, which is great. I hope they both do, but if they don't, it's like I I think the issue is like. A certain generation went to college, said, uh, wow, that really worked out well for me. <laughs> I didn't have to pay very much for that degree. I got out of school and I went and, um, oh, Jesus Christ, what else? What other fucking, can I be left alone? Like, it's not enough that I work from like 8 a.m. until 9 at night with like my only break is uh, I took two seconds to run downstairs and eat pasta and a piece of garlic bread last night. All of about five minutes. I just stood there with it while the wife and kids are watching TV and I thanked my wife, gave her a kiss and said, all right, I'm going back upstairs. I got to finish some shit. And then around 9, 9.30, I came down just in time for her to go to bed because that's the time that we usually go to bed. But, of course, as you know, no matter how early you have to get up or what time you should be going to bed, if you're working late, you can't just be like, all right, I'm done with work. Time to just go right into bed. It's like, no. It's that, uh, I keep forgetting the name of it, you know, that, like, delay bedtime whatever it's called, where you deliberately, even though you know you should be going to bed and getting more sleep, you have spent so much of your day on other people's schedules, whether it's work, whether it's whatever. Um, Appointments, just things, anything else that's not something you want to be doing. And then if you get, you know, let's say you get home from work at 10 o'clock at night when you would normally be hopping into bed, you're like, well, I'm not going to bed. I, I haven't had any free time today. I haven't had any relaxation. I haven't. And, and so it's like, it's your weird, weird way of just like taking control and saying, nope. And nobody is going to be telling me what to do right now. I'm not in the meetings. I'm not. And, and, and the, the, the delayed 
it's a, it's a very, it's a, it has a fucking name, and I only see it every five minutes on my goddamn social media feed, and I can't remember it. Because I'm a moron. A moron, I say. Uh, I'm definitely doing better today than I was yesterday. I know I talked about how I wasn't quite ready to see the sun when it came out on Saturday. It's because... It's not because of a, a, I like clouds, I hate sun, I like sun, I hate clouds. It's nothing like that. It's, I get used to something, and then when it changes, like, I I get depressed when um, when I start to see, like, the uh, leaves on the trees, like, starting to blossom and all that stuff, and, you know, buds, bl- blossoms budding, and buds blossoming, and blooming, and blooms budding in the blossom, whatever the fuck word it is. For when all the shit starts growing back in the springtime, and like somewhere, uh, depending on where you live, it could be March, could be April, could be May, when you start to see all that and the leaves start growing, back. I get really bummed out. Like I get really, it's weird. It's just like, oh, well, okay, guess that's the end of winter. Which normally most people are like, get the fuck out of here, winter. Give me the green grass and the flowers and the birds and the trees and leaves uh and i when it when it is here i'm i'm happy i love i love may i love june july not so much but at least in july you know you can go pretty much anywhere in the country and hop in an outdoor pool and it's gonna feel nice <sighs> um what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, so it's just change. But today's sunny again. This is like the fifth day. One, two, three, four, five, six, sixth day, I think, in a row of sunshine. And uh, it's it's okay. I'm good with it. It's like, okay. And I know, like, last night it got cloudy. Like, the last hour before sunset, before it got dark, the clouds rolled in. And it was just very kind of, you know, gray and bleak and gloomy, which sometimes I like that. But I did not like it last night because I said, no, 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 not yet, not yet. And the, the skies listened to me and they said, OK, OK, all right, we'll be gone by the time you wake up tomorrow. Don't worry. And, they, and here we are. Anyway, I, I did, but but yeah, I was I was talking to my kid the other day. I said, you know, and, and my oldest loves playing the drums, loves music. Went to a, uh, had a, a field trip of sorts to the high school yesterday, which is where they'll be going next year, last year in middle school, and, uh, and, and it, it was for, it was specifically for band, it was a band field trip, so you could get an idea of, like, what the expectations are, you know, there's a couple weeks of, of, like, band camp, basically, at the end of the summer before school starts, just to kind of get people you know, brush off those those cobwebs, kind of get back into the groove, you know, be prepared for what, so when school starts, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I've been, you know, been flexing that that muscle, <laughs> that, that, that muscle memory of the instrument that has been just sitting there all summer while I've been at the pool. Uh, <laughs> I just keep looking up at it. I gotta go. I gotta go in six minutes. It's like it's just. I mean, I guess on the plus side, if I didn't have any meetings, I'd be doing work right now. But since I had thirty minutes between meetings, like I can't. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna fucking do? Oh my god. Uh and the so they went and they had this, you know, 
informational kind of like here's here's everything you need to know about what band is like in high school and what you'll need to do and blah blah blah. And this child was so excited, could not stop talking about it. Could not stop. You know how that is. It's like, it's infectious. Like when somebody is so happy about something that they just can't stop talking about it. It makes me feel good. It's like, and I was in the middle of like working, trying to get shit done. I was literally in the middle of a, uh, of a really big uh, if statement in Excel, <laughs> trying to put together a, uh, very uh, a sort of a multi-layered uh, compound formula with lots of different formulas within the formula and of course when you're doing that you need to sometimes you really need to concentrate and you need to like out loud be like okay so if this cell contains this then and also if that cell says this then this needs to calculate that but if it doesn't then uh, then we need to do another if statement that needs to look up these. And normally I'd like being an ADHD person, if my concentration is broken, I get really, really pissed off. Just, you know, it's, it's, I just can't help. It's like, oh, no, wait, I'm right there. I was right there. And I, I didn't give a shit because this kid was so happy. Like I just, I dropped every, and that's the other thing too. If I'm doing work, and it's after the work hours and my kids come in to talk to me. I don't, I'm not like, uh, guys, I'm working. Get out. You know, like uh, I, some parents do that. I just like, why did you have kids? Why did you have kids? So just to be an, you, you, you brought these unwilling participants into this world so you could just be a dick to them. God damn it. So there's so much of that anyway. But like, yeah. If the kids come in to talk to me and it's after, you know, the after school hours, after five or whatever, even if it's before five o'clock, let's be honest. As long as I'm not on a meeting and in some cases, if I am on a meeting, I'll mute the meeting and be like, no, no, this isn't important. What's up? Uh, so last night I'm in the middle of this formula and the oldest comes in and I'm just like, oh, oh, oh just give me 30 more seconds. Of it. And then I was like, you know what? Who gives a fuck about this stupid fucking spreadsheet? And so I, you know, put everything to let go of the mouse, let go of it, and sort of spun my chair around and said, you have my full attention. And hearing this kid talk about the band stuff, it's awesome. And, you know, maybe, maybe they decide like, yeah, I want to go to college and do more music stuff. But also, you don't need to do that. You don't have to go to college. Like, you know, it's one thing if, uh, you know, Juilliard or something like that calls up and says, oh, yeah, we really want you in this program. It's like, whoa, that might be tough to turn down. But also, if my kid turned it down, like, who am I to, you know, I would step in as much as I could to be like, let's think about this. <laughs> Here are some of the graduates of this prestigious school. Prestigious. Prestigious. Uh and and you would you would be one of them you know that that kind of okay but like I I just you know I I just love it and and I feel like listen I don't know what I'm doing I'm just doing what I do like I don't and and this is good and bad in some ways probably but I've I've I very rarely treat my kids like they're my kids I treat them like almost you know like they're my colleagues or friends and there's you know some parental fucking expert who's never had a child in their life would say like, Oh, you need to be their parent first and the friend last. 
And I say, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to be a miserable prick in the hopes that my kids will do like something a certain way because like that is what was told to me. And then it ended up being bullshit because I really didn't need, I have had no use for the degrees that I, zero use for the degrees that I have. And that I worked so hard to get. And I had all those sleepless nights. And then I missed like fun stuff because I had schoolwork or something to do. It was not worth it. Yeah, I had great grades. Big fucking deal. You know how many uh you know how many interviews I've been on when they've asked what were your grades? Zero. I put them on my resume anyways cuz it's good. But like nobody cares. The most that's ever happened is somebody says, "Oh, you have a film degree and an MBA. That's interesting. Tell me what they they really want to know more from like the psychological like why why the hell what made you?" And then some people are just total pricks. This one cunt one time it was a phone screen and she's like, let me guess, you thought you were going to be the next Steven Spielberg and now here you are. And I'm like, yeah, this, uh, so I don't want to work for a company that would have you as one of their employees, so go fuck yourself. All right, it's, uh, I got to take a quick break. It's 10.30. I'll come and finish my thought. I didn't even start my thought. None, none of what I've talked about in the last 30 minutes has had anything to do with anything that I plan to talk about. I plan to, I think I plan to just talk about, like, wrestling. So I mean, maybe this will just be the podcast, and then I'll do a separate one. Anyways, I don't know. What's the point of what I'm saying? It's just, it's not, it's not worth it. As they say, the only people who are going to give a shit if you work late is your kids and your wife and your husband and your family. Work will replace you tomorrow. So don't fucking, you know. All right. Uh, I'll come back. We'll talk about more stuff right here. The Birthday Boy Podcast. Yes. And we're back. <laughs> I'm back. You, you, you whatever. Jesus. Uh, it's like Groundhog Day. Hey, speaking of which, Groundhog Day was Friday. Did you have a nice Groundhog Day? The groundhog saw his shadow or didn't see his shadow or whatever stupid fucking thing that... I, I hate Groundhog Day. I just hate... I, I, I don't... You know, I like the movie. Uh, not enough to watch it, like, regularly, but I, it's a great movie. But just, like, the whole Groundhog Day thing. Gobbler's Knob. Uh... <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, that that I guess that's the part of Groundhog's Day I like is the, the thing called Gobbler's Knob. I don't know. And these old stupid assholes come out with their big fucking hats. Hear ye, hear ye! I doth proclaim the Punxsutawney Phil hath seen his shadow. I and I still don't know which one means which. It doesn't fucking matter. It does not matter, but. I guess, you know, it's a fun thing. People go there and they will, you know, they watch the groundhog and, you know. And look, they took a fucking useless, completely uninteresting holiday and they took, they made a really good movie out of it. Yeah. Uh, groundhog Day. Mine mine was okay, I guess. I don't really remember. Oh, yes, I do. I was, I, I, uh, Thursday, I felt really good. And then by the end of, it's fucking Friday. And it's like four o'clock. That's that's usually like 
if you were to poll people, like the happiest time of the week is probably somewhere between Thursday night and Friday night where you've got the whole weekend ahead of you. And and for some reason, I got to the end of Friday and was like, ooh, it was brutal. I was like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. And my anxiety is like fully elevated. Why? It's Friday. I think because I had so much to do, I was already thinking about Monday and the unlikelihood of uh, me being able to <laughs> enjoy the weekend. Although I did. I play- Listen, I spent a- most of Saturday playing Alan Wake 2, which I love. And uh, and hanging out with the wife and enjoying, uh, you know, relaxing. Sunday, I don't really know. More of the same? Probably? I d- yeah, I think we just, we hung out. And uh, that was it. That was that. <sighs> and then this week has just, uh, it's been a week, as they say. It's been a week. And it's only Thursday. There's st- The good news is it's actually Thursday. Two days ago on Tuesday, I thought it was Thursday. Uh, yeah, Tuesday, I remember I said something to my wife about like, oh, tomorrow are we blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, we're gonna we're doing that on Friday. I don't remember what the hell it was. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's what, oh my God. And I don't know why I thought it was Thursday. I just did. And then I, I, I just said, oh my God, it's Tuesday. Oh, uh, <laughs> It would have been bad enough if I thought it was Wednesday, but at least it would have just been one day. And then, like, I don't know. I've had that a lot. I, oftentimes, Tuesday, I think, is Thursday. Not often, but enough times in the past. Uh, God damn, there's a, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. They're making... Netflix is going to have a Red Sox documentary. In case... Uh, <laughs> in case the... Uh, the excitement and the thrills of what happens on the baseball diamond wasn't enough for you. Now you get to see all the behind the scenes. Because nothing goes hand in hand like documentary and baseball. But you know what? Anything that they can do to get away... Like, baseball has like... Look, baseball's popular. It's one of the big four sports. People go, they jam pack into the stadiums. But it's... uh. Do you hear any kids? I mean, obviously, except for the kids who are playing baseball. Do you hear? Do you hear anybody talking about baseball? No. You hear people talking about football? Of course, all the time. And uh, so, if this is listen, if this Netflix thing is in season, it's I'm 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 intrigued. Uh, you know, I love football and I love hard knocks and I love all that stuff. And as of late, I struggle to get through hard knocks, which I've think is generally pretty interesting and it's i don't know maybe it's my old age i'm just not interested in anything anymore i don't know or just like combined with the fact that maybe subconsciously i'm forcing myself to not be interested in that much because i know how what little time i have to do uh recreational you know real you know fun things i i barely like okay football I watched a lot of the games this season, I guess, because it's they're mostly on Sunday. That's easy. The football games on Thursday and uh, Monday nights, I barely saw any of it. I mean, the Thursday games are terrible, largely, but even like flipping over to it, I would forget to do, and just and then I would look at the score the next day and be like, okay, I didn't miss anything. 
And and baseball is one of those great things to just like, hey, there's not there's the dog days of summer. There's nothing else going on. There's no other sports to watch. You know, once you get to the end of the June, end of June, and there's no more basketball. There's you know, uh, you got baseball, and it's a fun. It's like the sound of it is gr- like on the radio, just listening to the 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 the, 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 the atmosphere of the stadium and just, you know the the crack of the bat and all that shit and. Um, it's good. It's great. I love all that stuff, and I love going to ba- going to a baseball game live is fantastic. And watching it on TV is like a you know if you're like a lazy Saturday afternoon just watching a baseball game. Uh and it's uh, you know it's all good. Um, but I hope I hope that you know I, they've done things to like yeah that 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 pitch clock. Uh, that they have now that's like shortening up the games, which is great because some of those, those those games could go on for hours and hours and hours and nothing's happening. It's like, wow. Waiting to see if somebody hit the ball so the game could be over. Uh, and and now the, the pitcher only has a certain amount of time. That's a good thing. I think that's a positive thing. Uh, and, and the documentary, uh, look, I, the Red Sox, I that's a polarizing team. It's like the Yankees. You love the Red Sox. You hate the Red Sox. I don't think there's a lot of middle ground. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what it's like. And I hope it's, uh, yeah, I hope there's a lot of shit going on uh, that, that makes for an exciting series. Uh, what else? Uh, Larry David assaulted Elmo (laughs) last week. I'm sorry, but that is the funniest goddamn thing. I'm, I, I, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be the one to tell somebody how they should feel about anything. Like people, everybody's coming from their own perspective and their own experiences. And it would make me a bit of an asshole to say like, Oh, don't feel that way. Like what? And what a hypocrite too. Like we should all feel the way that we feel, and that's that's that, and respect each other's feelings. I I do understand how and why people would be upset that Larry David walked up and grabbed Elmo by the face and you know shook him and then took a swipe at the other guy, which is, it's Elmo's dad. I was told. Why does? By the way, why the hell does Elmo have a dad? And also, Elmo's dad's fucking annoying. He looks like a douche. He looks like Telly, except he has like a soul patch. And he talks like this. Hey, Elmo, it's me, your dad. Like, why would Elmo's dad... Why would Elmo's dad... Why wouldn't he talk more like this? Anyway, this... You've already seen, heard this clip. It's been... (laughs) We've seen it and heard it a million times at this point. Uh, let's see. Larry David Elmo. Uh, let's see. By the way. <laughs> By the way. Uh, <laughs> the headline, Larry David attacks Elmo on air during today's show, is like the greatest headline. And, and this picture, this picture... Where you've got Elmo, and and one of the hosts is like looking off camera, like what the fuck is going on? And Larry David has this like maniacal, demonic look on his face. 
And Elmo just has those big, stupid, like, you know, Muppet eyes. And as he's... <laughs> uh, it's, it's goddamn funny. But anyways, let's see here. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, and then Larry uh, went on. Uh, do we have? Oh, I'm not going to. It's a five minute clip. I'm not going to play that. But anyway, uh, and he went on uh, Seth Meyers and he was, he was more of the same. He was doing the Elmo you know, making fun of Elmo. And, and, uh, and then he and then he says, <clears throat> he says, you know what? I do it again. I'm not sorry, and I'd do it again. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know everybody's like that. They're like people are with a straight face. They're saying Larry David assaulted a child. Like you know that that's that's a person's hand. Larry David assaulted a hand. And yes, I totally agree. You should not put your hands on somebody without asking permission. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, it's nice when stuff happens. That's like, not just the, you know, we all just pretend to be so like f friendly and then smiley and all this shit. And then something, something just stupid and funny happens. Like everybody calm down. And then you think like, okay, all right, Larry David, he, you know, he grabbed Elmo. <laughs> he, should he have done that? No, I wouldn't, you know, whatever. But it was, it still made me laugh. And then, uh, you know, uh, and then he uh, offered a bullshit apology, made fun of Elmo some more, and then went on another talk show and apologized and then said, I, I take it back. I'm not apologizing. I, I, it's insincere. And you know what? I'd do it again. And the thing that really, the thing that bothers me most in this whole scenario is that, uh, this is the final season of Kirby Enthusiasm and Larry David single-handedly in the matter of, in a matter of like 30 seconds came up with an entire 
like fantastic storyline for a new season of Curb. It's just like, oh my God, a whole season? The story arc revolves around Larry David assaulting a puppet and the whole world like calling for his head. <laughs> like there's fucking, uh, there's like, and this morning there's a thing from Will, Will Wheaton decided to get up and write uh, a book report on the Elmo Larry David thing. And um, it's like, boy, oh boy. I haven't. If if people got this mad over like what's happening in Palestine, we might be able to like solve some things. If we got as mad about bad things happening to actual kids as we do Larry David fake attacking a puppet, a fucking piece of felt with a fist in it, it might be a better world that we live in. And I'm not saying that Will Wheaton shouldn't have the... Fe- like, I don't know Will Wheaton at all. I know him from TV and the internet. And I know that... Uh, I know a lot of people, like... Do you, do you have those friends where you hear them talk and you're like... They they, they talk like the internet. You know, like, they, they might say things like, All the feels... Or I did a thing, or they'll they'll say, uh, because something. What's a what's a uh, you know? Uh, okay, and then Larry David got up and he choked Elmo because Larry David, and it's it's just like it's not an actual you know grammatic, but that's you've heard that right when people say like, and he did this because. And then they just say the name of the person. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Larry David was an asshole because Larry David. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's, to me, like, Will Wheaton is like... I don't know if people are talking like the internet or they're talking like Will Wheaton. Or Will Wheaton talks like the internet. Or people talk like both Will Wheaton and the... But, you know, he seems like a, a nice dude... Um, I guess, but he wrote this whole thing and it's like, so you're telling me like, you would think I, I, I'm honestly, I, I'm, I'm surprised that like, it didn't end with like something along the lines of like, you, you would think there's going to be a news report. Uh, Larry David attacked Elmo. Larry David, a second Larry David has flown into one of the towers like that's that's the tone with which we are talking about a puppet. Sorry, I'm and I'm sorry to break. Uh, if if any of you were out there, like Elmo's not not real, and uh, also the guy who used to do Elmo Elmo was like a fucking pedo or something. Kevin Clash, the original Elmo. Uh, yeah, he was he was kind of a scumbag. <laughs> and the new guy, I got he's fine, but like it's it's a person, and he does the voice. And he trying to sound like this, like Elmo. And uh, yeah, so and I'm not, I'm not. There, there are people who are like, you know, oh, Will Wheaton, you go fuck himself. What what a, what a pussy, you know? Like, dude, calm the fuck down. The guy was bothered by it. Let him be bothered by it. But just. I guess the fact that he chose to write this, like, multiple-page essay. 
about what a terrible person Larry David is for pretending to choke a puppet or pretend, you know, grabbing the face of a puppet and pretending to take a swing at the other puppet. Like, yeah, is it is it a bit tone deaf? Yes. I I think that's like one of the things that like defines Larry David and that we enjoy about Larry David is like he can be <laughs> he's he's not seeing the same Elmo that all of us are seeing. He's just seeing an annoying screechy voice uh Muppet and he's just uh, you know grabbed him and uh, whatever. Uh but Will Wheaton of course had to uh, equate this with him being physically abused by his dad. And it really, you know, really dark stuff. And that sucks, man. He sounds like Will Wheaton had a, you know, not so pleasant, to say the least, childhood. But he also, in in this uh, in this letter that he penned, or whatever, uh, let, me, let me get back to it here. Will, Will Wheatman, the Wheaty Boy. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's, it's almost, it's just like, dude, I think you got to like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's one of those like pick your battles kind of thing. Are we, are we, are we, re- even if we have childhood trauma and the, the scene of <laughs> Larry David who's probably like the least physically intimidating person on the planet, uh, quote, assaulting a puppet. If that is enough to trigger like your PTSD, your childhood trauma, that sucks. And I'm not like, I'm not making fun of that. Like that sucks. I'm really sorry to hear that. I think Will Wheaton could have done a much better job writing a letter uh, to get his point across. But again, you know, he's obviously, uh, this is coming from uh, emotion. To the heart. This is four days ago. I guess this isn't exactly new. I don't know why it, the internet is just talking about it today. Maybe nobody saw it. But anyway, Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher, uh on Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, when I was a kid, somebody told me I looked like Wesley from Star Trek. And I didn't understand why they thought that i didn't see that i never once thought that there was uh, any real similarity between myself and will wheaton there certainly isn't now and i didn't really know that there was much of it then people say oh you look like fred fred savage i get he's like you know just this guy kind of a big head and and the the same kind of hair sylvester stallone i would get that sometime like yeah okay i get it uh will wheaton i didn't quite uh but anyway, uh, he says, So I heard about Larry David assaulting Elmo on life television, live television, but didn't watch it until now because I knew it would upset me. Which is, uh, like, so so you knew you would be upset. Like, there's things that I know will upset me, and I can't and won't watch them. Like, I know that I could very easily find, like, the most horrific video. I'm not searching them out. And if I if they come across my feed, I I hide it. Like I can't I can't do that. Like I'll I'll get you know you're scrolling along and it's like oh here's uh you know fucking Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs stuff and then all of a sudden it's the most horrific 
pictures and videos you could imagine of you know what's happening in the Middle East right now. So, you know something like that, just as a, as an example. And I know there's that like you need to see this so you understand the like I don't need I my my imagination is vivid enough when I hear horrible things happening in Palestine and Israel and and anywhere else. I don't need to fucking see pictures and videos to be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. I, I know what you're talking about. And I'm trying not to picture it because I don't want to fucking traumatize myself. So I don't, if I hear everybody saying like this, this is a horrific video, uh, graphic footage, viewer discretion advised if there's young children, leave the room. And this guy is talking about Elmo being attacked as though it's one of those, you know, a video coming out of whatever, Ukraine, Palestine, our own country, mass shootings and whatever, like horrible, horrible things. And so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Anyway, but, but again, I'm not here to tell Will Wheaton how he should or should not feel. His feelings are his, and uh, I respect that. But, like, again, we're talking about this as though he is posting videos of, you know, like, hospitals being bombed and demolished and, you know, like, actual, actual death and destruction. So I guess I get a little, like... Hey, you, boy, if you use that energy to draw attention to, like, the, the true atrocities of this world. And he does. I, he uses his platform for good. He's a, I think he's a very good person. And I don't think he deserves to get shit on for this, uh, this statement. I just think, man, I would have gone a, a, a slightly different direction if I were him. And, all, and again, if you knew it would upset you, if you knew that there was a good chance that seeing a Muppet attacked would... Uh, you know, trigger something, why the hell did you watch it? Like, what What did you expect to gain from it? I don't watch things that I know are going to bother me. There's there's stuff that bothers me, and I don't want to see it. And, uh, you know, I and sorry I, if it makes me a bad person to not... You know, when you say, look at the look at this horrible thing happening. So that you understand, like, I don't need to actually see it. I don't need to make my, you know, I, I, I've got enough wrong with me mentally. I don't need more. And uh, anyway, so I heard about Larry David assaulting Elmo on live television, but didn't watch it until now because I knew it would upset me. Holy shit, it's even worse than I thought. What, what, what were you picturing? Like, what, what? Anyway, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Elmo is like the best friend to multiple generations of children. In the Sesame Street universe, Elmo is a child who is currently putting mental health and caring for others in the spotlight. And that's a nice thing. Yeah, Elmo did the thing on Twitter last week where he's, uh, how's everybody doing? And a bunch of people responded and unloaded all of their uh, everything onto him. Which is like, dude, if you're actually responding to Elmo asking how are you doing and you're you're, you're like trauma dumping onto Elmo, like ghost you if you're not seeing somebody, you need to be seeing somebody. I'm not saying that like flippantly. Like, huh. Oh man, he's, this guy's uh, telling Elmo his uh, deepest darkest secrets and all his life's problems. That guy, you know, 
go get, get get some help, pal. No, you really should get some if if, if it's that. If it, like there were some really, from what I understood, some really dark, heavy things that people were unloading on Elmo. Which again, it's like, well, should we have been trauma dumping on a quote unquote child in the first place? Oh, what's oh, that's right, because it's not a child; it's it's a puppet. And there was no red puppet sitting there with his phone tweeting out, how is everybody doing? It was a person. It was the social media person who runs the Elmo Twitter and probably all of the Muppet Twitters because they all kind of sound the same or the Sesame Street Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, the whole thing was weird. Like everybody's unloading on poor Elmo, putting all of their burdens on his back now. But it was good because, yeah, the whole purpose was to, you know, bring more awareness to the fact that there is absolutely a mental health crisis in this country. And probably other countries, too, but not probably. I mean, there's every country has mental health issues. It's the countries that have a crisis probably have that because they don't have the things in place that should be in place to help people not have such severe mental health issues. You go to other countries where it's not like, you know, your whole life is just work, 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 grind, 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 and then you die. And you're not going to get paid enough. And you have to have multiple jobs where you work, 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 and you grind, 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 and then you die. And you still can't afford anything. You know, like, those are the fucking things that we need to do in this country. Um, But it's just, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. They had Elmo on to talk about mental health that's very sweet that's very nice uh you know you put elmo on and then like okay uh let's see the lineup for today we're gonna have elmo and then we're gonna have larry david like i don't know if there's two more opposite people <laughs> except for the fact that one is a person one is a is a puppet is a fist a hand um so anyway i i how is it worse than you... Th- Elmo is not a child. He's a puppet. But yeah, he's putting mental health and caring for others in the spotlight. That's fantastic. And Larry... Da- Elmo was on brand for Elmo. And Larry David was on brand for Larry David. And, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us expected Larry David to attack Elmo. But he did. And it's... Uh, you know. <laughs> anyway. Uh... So back to the Will Wheaton thing. And Larry fucking David did that and thought it was going to be funny? What? What an asshole, he continues. What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole. Full disclosure, all the time when I was growing up, my dad would grab me by the shoulders and shake me while he screamed in my face. He choked me more than once. He was always out of control, always in a furious rage, and always terrifying. I'm a 51-year-old man, and my heart is pounding right now, recalling how I felt when I was a little boy who loved Grover the way today's kids love Elmo. Okay, so now your project, your rage is that you're projecting onto today's kids what you've... Uh, whatever. Um, but also, like, listen, I didn't grow up with a dad who abused me. He didn't grab me by the shoulders and yell at me. I mean, yeah, you get, we get yelled at a lot, like like a lot of kids do. Uh, in the early days, I got spanked, and then my dad 
you know, my dad has a heart. So like one day I was like crying and like, don't, please don't do that anymore. And then it fucking, he was like, holy shit, this is not, this is not right. And he never, and he did, he never spanked me again after that. I have, my memories of being spanked are very, very, very early on. Um, anyway, if my dad did something that was so heinous that 40 years later, I can't watch XYZ because it will take me back to that very dark time and that very bad place. I would make it a point not to watch XYZ. So that's the first thing. Um, and then, but then to say like, oh, Elmo is, you know, Elmo is to kids today what Grover was to kids in the 80s. Yeah, if Larry David walked up to Grover in 1980-whatever and did the same thing, I would be cracking up. And I loved Grover. But also, when I was a little kid, there were, I, I don't remember a time where I sat there and watched puppets and thought, oh, they're real. Grover's re- Ernie and Bert. They re- and this green guy he really lives in a trash can. A very spacious trash can from from the sounds of it. <laughs> if you remember Oscar the Grouch going, uh, you know, going back into his trash can and then, you know, he, he had like an elephant that lived down there, all this stupid shit. Anyway, there was no point where I was like, oh, my God, they're real. Pe- El- Elmo's a real boy. That's child abuse. You know, like, <laughs> but I you know. And then not everybody thinks that a lot of people, I guess, believe that these puppets are real for some reason. I don't, I don't really know, but okay. Um, anyways, back to the thing. So this appalling, unforgivable, unforgivable, despicable act hits more than one raw nerve for me. And I'm going to say what I wish I'd been able to say when this sort of thing happened to me. Larry David, this was not okay. And your obviously insincere, quote, apology clearly communicates that you don't get that. First of all, you aren't even in the segment, but you just decided to barge in and draw focus because why? You couldn't stand that a puppet brought people together in a meaningful way that you can't? You couldn't stand that your appearance on national television to promote your wildly successful series was delayed for a few seconds while the adults talked about mental health? You wanted to manufacture a viral moment where everyone gets to see what an asshole you are so they'll tune in and watch you portray an asshole in the last season of your show that celebrates how great it is to be an asshole without ever experiencing the consequences of being an asshole. Okay, so Will Wheaton's never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's my takeaway from that paragraph. He's never watched a second of the show. Not once. Because, like, you talk about, you know, not understanding something, like, either, uh, I, I, I don't know, it's portraying, uh, that celebrates how great it is to be an asshole. Uh, no, if if there was an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm that uh, celebrated that, I haven't seen it. And I've seen them all, so he, one of us is, uh, uh, you know, a moron. I really wanted to know what raced through his tiny little mind. See, now it's like, okay, uh, you're just, this is maybe not going to have the impact that you want it to because now you're starting to... Anyway, I really want to know what raced through his tiny little mind and why there was no voice or person who spoke up to stop him from expressing violence toward a children's puppet 
who was there to talk about how his love and empathy for people having a tough time mattered and made a difference. He still did. Larry David did, a, you know, Larry David things. And, uh, you know, I guess there's also, you, I don't think people understand, like, not everybody grew up with all these puppets. And, uh, you know, maybe everybody would have been better up, better off if we all grew up with Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, uh, as I was fortunate enough to do. But, you know, they had, like, shitty fucking howdy doody and all this dumb crap. So, like, but also, I grew up with with Muppets and puppets and f- bullshit. And I, I never once did I, like, equate them to, like, real, I, I don't know. Elmo and his dad (laughs) were there to talk about empathy, love, kindness, and caring for each other. Larry David was there to promote the final, thank God, maybe he'll go away now, season of a television series. Like, read the room, dickhead. It isn't always about you being the center of attention. And understand what's happening in the moment, fucko. Understand that there are larger things in the world than you and your garbage ego. You know who is watching the Today Show with their parents? kids who also watch Sesame Street are they because I think Sesame Street's on at the same time kids are okay I would love to I would love to hear from the parent of a child who was you know upset and shaken but you put on the Today Show that's a news show okay just because Elmo's on doesn't mean they're not you know like coming up next the horrors in in Palestine, oh God, you know, all this terrible stuff. Like, it's not like if Elmo came onto Sesame Street or, or Larry David came onto Sesame Street and starts attacking puppets, I'd still laugh. But that would be that'd be different because that's like that's the safe space. You go and you're on Sesame Street, and nothing bad's gonna happen while you're on Sesame Street, right? So get that, but it's, I, I don't know. You know who's watching today's show with their parents? Kids who also watch Sesame Street. Elmo is an avatar for children all over the world. Children who are too small to understand Elmo is a puppet will know. Who, what, what's, who's too small to understand? Like, like a, like a one-year-old? I don't know. Elmo as a puppet will know that a man attacks someone they love for no reason. And that will frighten and confuse them. I don't know, maybe the dumb ones. Elmo inspired a deeply meaningful and important moment of collective support among disparate people who have been struggling through the traumas of a pandemic, daily mass shootings, the rise of fascism, and everything associated with Trump's violence and cruelty. I don't disagree with anything that he said there. And shitty idiot Larry David couldn't leave it alone for some reason. He had to indirectly tell everyone who opened their hearts to a Muppet that they were stupid. And he thought it was a good joke to physically attack and choke this character who was beloved by children and adults alike. You know what that tells impressionable young people about sharing their feelings? Uh, Nothing, because it didn't do any of those things that you suggest. Larry David strikes me as a person who mocks and belittles people who are vulnerable and sensitive and enjoys being cruel because he feels untouchable. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's who I see whenever I can't find the remote and he's on my television. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
I've never, uh, I've never been able, I've never not found the remote. So, uh, like, you have to be, uh, anyway. By contrast, Elmo and the Muppets teach and model to children all over the world that kindness and empathy aren't weak or stupid or any of the things people like Larry, David, and my dad think they are. Elmo and the Muppets teach children to be gentle and kind, to celebrate our different cultures, and to embrace all our complicated feelings. Elmo and the Muppets offer comfort and friendship and support to a world that is starving for it. That's a great paragraph. If the whole thing was like that, this would have been a much more impactful statement. But you got like pea brain, piece of shit, fucko, fuckhead. You know, it sounds like Susie Green is writing this. You fucking four-eyed, bald, fucking piece of shit, Larry. You fuck... Larry, you attacked a puppet on your, your beloved children's character, Larry. What's wrong with you? You fuck, you four-eyed fuck. You know, it's, there's like there's bits of Susie Green in here, which makes it, you know, less impactful. I hope that when the dust settles, Larry David's appalling behavior will be a footnote to a larger story about how, for just one day, a Muppet made a difference and helped millions of people who are struggling to feel a little less alone. With one question, Elmo got lots and lots of people speaking openly and honestly about their mental health. I, I think it's fabulous. I, it's fantastic. Like, I, I, f I don't know if I follow Elmo, but I do. I did f do follow some of the Sesame Street puppets on uh, on Twitter. Um, Elmo was a little bit after my time. I mean, yes, he did exist when I was, but he wasn't. He wasn't the juggernaut that he is today. Um. I hope that when the dust settles, Larry David's appalling behavior will be a footnote. Uh, just Elmo made a difference to help millions of people struggling to feel a little less alone. With one question, Elmo got lots and lots of people speaking openly and honestly about their mental health. A non-trivial number of people who none of us will ever know were inspired by it. And that was the last little nudge they needed to make a call or send an email to being healthy. Elmo probably saved lives and relationships by opening that conversation. A man who would belittle and mock that isn't much of a man at all. Shame on you, Larry David. He didn't... He, I don't know, man. <laughs> it seems like maybe we get a, a little bit... Uh, I don't know. Oh, here's... Uh, he had a follow-up on this. I'm sure the comments were all very just cordial and pleasant. <laughs> Listen, if you're here to dismissively blather on about how I can't take a joke or it was just a joke or I'm too sensitive or whatever else comes from your bag of invalidation, please just leave. A lot of us who have the same visceral reaction to a grown man putting his hands on a child. Elmo is four years old. He's not a child. He's not... He does not actually exist. He's a, he's a puppet. He's felt. It's not a child. In anger, without consent, and then laughing about it all, share an experience that you should be grateful you don't share with us. And when you say your shitty little toxic and cruel thing, when you reduce the whole thing to a puppet and a joke, you're doing to us what the adults around us did when we were kids, and it hurts all over again. Are you really someone who wants to hurt another person simply because you can? Maybe take the impulse to be a jerk and redirect it into being grateful. You have no idea why this is so upsetting to many of us. 
Totally agree. I like, yeah, I don't understand why it's that upsetting. I'm lucky that I don't. And uh, that's why I say like, if Will Wheaton was being like choked and screamed at all the time by his shitty dad and it like the Elmo Larry David thing brings him back to that place. That sucks. It does. And look, well, I, I say like, Hey, why did Will Wheaton go looking for the tape of this? But yeah, there were people watching and I'm sure there, I'm sure there were kids watching who got upset by it. I, you know, it's, and I have to remember, it's not like, cause that's maybe that's the problem is I picture a bunch of kids like me who would have said, I would have been cracking up if I was a kid and I saw that happening, but I came, you know, I didn't have those things happening to me. With my, I came from a very loving family, a loving house, uh, you know. So I didn't, I didn't need to look to like you know, Sesame Street and all these things. I, I didn't need to look to fill voids uh, with with the Muppets. I, I don't know, and so I'm fortunate. So I get it, but like, I don't know. I feel like it just could have been uh, differently worded. Like I know you're 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 trying to show us that like this is how passionate you are about this and this is how much it upsets you and this is why it upsets you and those are all valid, uh, but like but then you have you have all these insults strewn about this thing about how you know kindness and and all that stuff, and I know it's like oh. So you should just be, you know, it's it's like a fucking police buying Burger King for the, the kid who shoots up the Charleston, was it a Dylan Roof or something? Whoever the kid was at the police, like he committed a mass murder, a mass shooting. And the police, uh, you know, brought him, uh, they gave him Burger King to like calm down. Uh, and I get that, like, I'm that still pisses me off. That, like, he was just treated so nicely after he just did this horrendous thing. An actual horrendous thing. Like, actually, anyway. Uh, and so so I get it. It's like, oh, well, if Larry David's not going to be kind, why should I show him anything? Like, dude, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe Larry David has had such a... Uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like yeah, good parents, but that they, you know, they made him a little, a uh, little nutty. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. It may may not have been the most pleasant situation, um, but to like to tr- to be like you ruined Elmo, uh, you know, trying to help people with kindness and mental health and all this stuff. And then to be like, you dick, you fucking fuckface dickheads, pea brain piece of shit, fucking asshole. Again, it sounds like, you know, if you took those parts out, it's like Susie Green <laughs> from Curb. Uh, like, yeah. Let's see. Let's see all the. Pl- let's see. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Larry fucking David. What an asshole. What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole. Uh, Read the room, dickhead. Um, Shitty idiot Larry David. Uh, Anyway. He said pea brain somewhere, right? His tiny brain. 
Ah, whatever. It's somewhere in there. What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole. <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway. Oh, see, then, uh, then in another comment, uh, he attacked Almo. Will Wheaton says he attacked Almo because he couldn't stand hearing him going on about mental health. The message I heard loud and clear was, I've made a career out of complaining, but I don't want to hear your complaints or struggles. This is a message that Gen X and millennials are far too familiar with. Your problems aren't real and don't matter. And if we could, we would shut you up with violence because your struggles are inconvenient to my ability to enjoy not having those problems. Oh, this was somebody, uh, this guy. Okay, that's why it sounds... Um, that's why it sounds uh, intelligent. It wasn't Will. He was quoting somebody else in the comments. Father Nathan Monk. Yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> I, I. That's why I say I don't disagree with what Will Wheaton's saying. It's just that when you throw in dickhead, asshole, fuck shit, fucking... F I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, dude. Like... Mine, and I don't have anything written out, so this might sound terrible, but I would have done something like, you know, hey, Larry, listen, I, I get I get what you're trying to do. To you, it's just, you know, it's somebody's hand in a sock, talking with a goofy voice, talking like a little baby, and, you, you know, you got Muppets being interviewed on television as though they are real people. But as an entertainer, you... You know, because you have brought so much joy to so many people for over 30 years with the work that you have put out to us. And that's, uh, you know, uh, these guys on Sesame Street are trying to do the same thing. So imagine if you were, on a, you know, to promote your show <clears throat> and somebody barged in on your segment and tried to hijack it and just belittled you and... You know, and then gave a fake insincere apology and continue to mock and make fun of you. And then went on another show and said, yeah, I'd do it again. Fuck Larry Day. You know, if, if he had kind of like tried to draw the parallels of saying like, we're in the entertainment business. Uh, this the, the audience watching Kirby Enthusiasm is not the same as the audience watching Sesame Street. So yes, while I'm sure the fans of Kirby Enthusiasm will appreciate the fact that that this is on brand for the Larry David character. This is not part of the show. And the Larry David human being was the one who went up and put his hands on Elmo. You And, and then something, you know, like, I, I wish you could understand, you know, there's lots of kids out there who don't get that these are puppets. They're too young to understand that or whatever the case may be. Um, and to see the, you know, this beloved, uh, harmless, kind, sweet children's character be assaulted on television it probably I, i'm sure it got a lot of laughs for for from a lot of people but also a lot of uh tears from a, a much different group of people particularly a younger group of people who are whose brains are still developing who don't understand you know certain th jokes and things that you might think are funny and i i wish you would uh you know uh I don't know. So, uh, uh, you know, listen, Larry, I, I know the the whole thing was a joke to you, including the apology, and you got laughs, and it probably maybe even brought some more eyeballs to your show 
and its final season and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I really, you know, it would be nice if you could uh, offer a sincere apology. But if you don't feel that way, I can't make you apologize for something that you don't feel was wrong. I just want you to know, here's some other perspectives of why it might have been inappropriate for us. It could have been like a pretty... Uh, it certainly could have been much shorter. And, and you know, he could have included the, you know, like, listen, Larry, I'm 51. My dad used to beat the shit out of me. And I turned to the characters on Sesame Street for comfort because I didn't have that with my parents. I don't know to what degree you can or can't relate to that. But you need to understand that a lot of kids out there come from horrendous home life situations. Abusive parents, abusive siblings, whatever. Whoever their guardian is, is not doing a very good job. And sometimes these fictional characters are the things that help people get through these horrible moments of childhood. I'm one of those people. For me, it was Grover. For a lot of kids today, it's Elmo. And what you did was really, uh, you know... uh, I hope that you think about it in the sense that to you, it was a harmless, quick little two second prank where you're taking a swipe at a Muppet, but maybe think about it from, uh, you know, the perspective of somebody else watching that who already experiences real violence in their life. And now they're seeing on TV that they're believing their beloved children's characters aren't safe from quote unquote violence. He could have, he could have done it so many other ways that would have been equally as impactful of getting his message across and without being, you know, it's because it's talking about like Elmo was there to promote kindness. You fucking piece of shit, pea brain, dick face, fuck. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's a little, I don't know, but I, I it's just, uh, that's just, I, it's weird. It's just, there's so much stuff that's like, that's not a thing compared to stuff that is a thing. And the thing that we're getting mad about is the non thing. And that's where I segue over to WWE. (laughs) And I still haven't read. I've only read like the first couple of, I don't have time. I just, I'm so fucking like, I've been wanting to sit down and just do a podcast like all, all week. I think I did like a little quick one the other day and I, I just, you know, there's no time. Even in the evening, it's just crazy. And I, I don't really don't have time to be doing it now, but I don't, I'm, I, I have to, there has to be some moment of the day where I am not doing things for somebody else. And doing it beyond the, the point in the day where I should have stopped doing it because we're not meant to be doing that shit every waking fucking hour. So I'm doing a fucking, I'm taking a fucking, it's, it's lunchtime anyways. You might not know this, but I have stopped this podcast a few different times. We're at the hour and 23 minute mark, but I assure you, I have not been sitting here for an hour and 23 minutes straight. This has been like several hours because I had to stop and I had to go do, you know, things I need to do. Uh, (laughs) but uh, so, so no, I have not had a chance to read the full uh, Vince McMahon thing. Uh, again, similar to like, I'm not going, I'm not seeking out videos of the atrocities that are happening all over the world. Uh, 
just as I'm, uh, I don't know how much I like want to read 65 pages of you know rape and trafficking and sexual abuse. I, I will. I just you know, I get a, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> but you know, at this point, I think we all know the. I don't want to use highlights. That's not really a you know the executive summary. Let's call it. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon, allegedly, you gotta say allegedly, cause it's, it, I mean, that's, that's also true. It, could all of this be 100% false? Yes. Is it likely that it's 100% false? No. Is it more likely that more of this stuff happened than didn't? I think so, yes. But, until we, until we prove Beyond a reasonable doubt <laughs> uh, that it did or did not happen, it you know it's all it's all alleged. It's one person. It's a lot of details. It's a lot of stuff that I can't imagine why anybody would come forward with this information, and it's all fabricated. Uh, and and you know we we kind of know Vince McMahon pretty well. He's He's lived most, I mean, the last 45, almost 50 years, 40 plus years, he's been in the public eye. He's been in the spotlight. Largely, he's put himself in the spot. He could have run the behind the scenes of uh, all the stuff that he does in WWE, WWF, without appearing on camera m- m- once. But he was, a, you know, he was an interviewer. He was an on-air broadcaster. Uh, you know, uh, he would host all the Monday Night Raws and the pay-per-views once upon a time. And then 97, 98, he became more of like a wrestling character rather than the host of the show. He became the evil Mr. McMahon character after he screwed Bret Hart in Montreal and then turned worked the real life thing into a storyline. And then for the next couple of years, it was Vince and his evil corporation and you know everybody's favorite stone cold Steve Austin trying to trying to stop Vince and and you know it was a lot of fun but there's also a lot of times where you're watching Vince like whoa <laughs> either give that man the academy award or holy shit man he's he's got some dark stuff going on uh, behind the scenes cuz there were just two, a lot of times where it was like uh, this guy's yeah, getting a little uncomfortable this is a little weird Vince is a little too uh, amped up about, you know, whatever. But um, anyway, yeah, he could have he could have stayed out of the spotlight, and uh, and <laughs> you know, I think that's I don't know if it helps or hurts, but like, yeah, seeing Vince McMahon as an evil character for much of the last twenty five years, it also doesn't help, and. Oh, and by the way, the actual real life stuff going back to the 80s of like, you know, coercing women into having sex or, you know, uh, rape uh, accusations or, you know, weird shit with like Brooklyn Brawler and Pat Patterson and people. I I could be wrong, but wasn't. Remember Nails? 1992, very brief. He had like he he wrestled Virgil at SummerSlam and he wrestled Big Boss Man in the Nightstick match. That that was the reason Nails was there. He beat up the Big Boss Man and then it led to one match at Survivor Series. 
And then, uh, like, a week later, we saw a, a stare down between The Undertaker and Nails a, a week or two after Survivor Series. And then we pretty much never saw Nails again. We thought, okay, we're going to have Undertaker Nails have a match at some point. And then they didn't, and Nails was gone, and we, never to return. I could be wrong. I Because I originally, the story was he was pissed about his uh, his payday from the, the recent pay-per-views. He, he expected more money. Let's see. Kevin Walsholz. 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 Um... Let's see. Uh, I'm going to just go. Feud with the big boss man. Nightstick match. Before Nails finished the feud with boss man. It became another feud. This time with the Undertaker. The two had a stare down on the October. Oh, it was October 24th episode of Superstars. This is why I thought it was December, because he was on the cover of the WWF magazine, the January 93 issue, which would have come out in December of 92. Uh, he had a few matches, losing a WWF champion, Bret Hart. Also a short feud with the Ultimate Warrior. Walk, this guy's name was Kevin Watchholes. Wachholes? Waka Wachol. Nails. Was released from his WWF contract December 1992 after he attacked Vince McMahon in his office over a financial dispute. While John Nord watched the door. That's the, that's the berserker. The incident occurred on December 14th during a house show in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Bret Hart recalled in his autobiography that Wachals cornered Vince in his office and screamed at him for 15 minutes. Hart claims he was just down the hall from the office when he heard a loud crash, which was Wachal nails knocking Vince over in his chair, choking him violently. The incident led to a series of lawsuits. Uh, alleged McMahon had given him steroids on a number of occasions. McMahon denied the claim. Wachholes, Watchholes then filed a wrongful termination lawsuit claiming McMahon sexually assaulted him. WWF filed a counterclaim. Both suits later dropped. Mm, excuse me. And then this Nails fella testified against Vince McMahon. Uh, and then he went to WCW where he was called The Prisoner. And basically, he was just nails. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. Did Vince McMahon actually try to sexually assault nails? <laughs> I never thought so. But, yeah. I, I'm not saying that that was the case. But it's like, eh. again, smoke, fire. There was, a, a, I think, a female referee in the 80s. Uh, there were there were those incidents in Florida, like after the 2006 Royal Rumble, Vince at like a massage parlor or something, and you know showing her dick pics or whatever the hell he was doing, and all kinds of weird weird stuff. And then of course two years ago you've got the whole like wow he paid how many millions uh, in hush money and all this, and uh, and 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 then the latest one which is like it's just that's the thing. When this is all said and done, and people are like, oh, it'll be over in six months. I think this is going to go on for a long time. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, I just, It's just like, I just want to get to the end of it. <laughs> like, if Vince is guilty, great. Lock him up. He'll rot in prison and, and die there. And that's what he deserves. 
Um, maybe it's even better than what he deserves if all of these things are true, which I'm inclined to believe they are, even though they are not yet proven and they are alleged things. For any of the, for any litigious people out there, <laughs> it's all alleged to have happened. And I wasn't there for any of it, so yeah, it's alleged. But if all the alleged things that were said that Vince McMahon did over the years to this and probably a number alleged number of other women and yeah he should he should get fucking as they say in office space I I hope he finds his way to federal pound me in the ass prison uh which again the season uh, I'm gonna spoil a little bit of Fargo well whatever in, in the latest season of Fargo, there was a very uh, fitting ending for one of the main characters. And uh, and it was great. It was, you know, it was like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't just like get shot and die because that's too good for him. That's too easy. And, and, and anyway, I won't spoil it, but it's it's just great. It's like, wow, that is a satisfying ending. Um, and that would be satisfying if, if, if all of this is true, even if a fraction of it is true. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon should like fucking just wither away and die in jail. Um, and anyone else who had uh, part of uh, took part in any of this shit. Uh, <laughs> and now there's this thing of um, Ashley Mazzaro, who died when did she die 2019 20 it's so sad like she was a wwe when they were called divas yeah 2019 jeez man um she yeah suicide may 16th 2019 oh that's right and she has a kid too jesus christ uh, she was she was in W. She won. I think she won the like that. They used to do that divas search back in the early two thousands, and it was the worst television. It was like it was like, yeah, it's just like quintessential like Vince McMahon TV. Just like tits and ass and nothing uh, substantial. Just you know, let's go make the girls uh, strip down to their bras and panties, and uh, we'll throw pies at them. Something you know, just just stupid shit. And I'm glad those days are long gone, because women's wrestling is like that's the thing. Like I'm I'm more inclined to watch the, a large number of the female wrestlers that like Rhea Ripley, Bailey. I, I named it. you you know there, there's so many good good ones. Um, and the ones that I might fast forward through, it's simply because I I don't yet know who they are. Or I don't have time to you know. It's just, but man, I still. To me, the best WrestleMania match last year was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and uh, yeah, that's the, that's the one that I still when I when somebody says WrestleMania thirty nine, I excuse me, I will think of Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, uh, Dominic uh, Mysterio's wonderful entrance, the prison thing. Uh, and the the uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Gunther just beating the shit out of each other. And uh, anyway, 
Yeah, but Rhea and Charlotte was like that was that was the one that like that's that's the main event, man. And I just love it. I I love it. And Bret Hart recently uh, was showering Rhea Ripley with compliments. Like it's almost hard to believe that somebody could be this good, and they're only what is she like 24, 25, 26, something mid twenties, and she's all she's been around. Like I think she was like nineteen when she was. She had that first WrestleMania match in the pandemic with Charlotte, and uh, I feel like she was only, well, that was four years ago, so, yeah, she was in her early 20s, depending on, she was 20, 21, 22. Uh, Anyways, this Ashley Mazzaro, uh, yeah, she, yeah, after winning the Divas Search in 2005, that's right. I think because Christy Hemi won the, the first one in 2004. Wasn't she the winner? <laughs> and then Ashley. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll i be honest, never really a huge fan. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't connect with her in any way when she came out. So, but, like, and you find, like, then, you know, 2019, you find out that she, she died. I mean, uh, 10 days shy of her 40th birthday. And, uh, and now you're seeing, uh, attorney for John Laurinaitis. So Ashley Mazzaro was a wrestler. A diva at the time was what they branded the women, which is a horrible, that's a horrible term. Like brand, they branded the women like, you know, like a flaming hot thing that said diva that they were stamping. Anyway, uh, attorney for John Laurinaitis. And John Laurinaitis was like Vince's right-hand guy for a long time. Johnny Ace. He was an on-screen sort of GM uh, probably 10 years ago, 2011, 12, somewhere in there. He sucked on TV. Like, anytime he was on TV, you just wanted him to not be on TV. It's like, this guy is not playing an unlikable character. He's an unlikable person playing a character that's unwatchable. And then finally they took him off a stupid thing and we never had to see him again. And he left or resigned or was fired or whatever back in 2022, uh, you know, at the time that Vince McMahon retired when the first uh, set of uh, information came out that was whew, way tamer by comparison. <laughs> that was just like, oh, Vince, you fucking you cheeky little sex hound piece of shit paying millions of dollars to keep everyone quiet and so you can continue to make billions and billions but eh, I guess if there's nothing illegal just you're a shitty person but okay and now you're out of WWE so even better and then of course he comes back muscles his way back he's allowed to come back he orchestrates the sale everybody who was already very very rich is even richer He's there to, you know, welcome The Rock back to WWE, ring the stock market bell a few weeks ago uh, as Rock has now joined the board of directors, getting $30 million. He's got control. He's got creative input. He can call some shots if he wants to. And then you realize, oh, okay. Because it was only, what, like two or three days after that? After we saw Vince McMahon standing there with all of the other executives and Rock and, and Triple H and those guys smiling and clapping you know all, all the bullshit and then and then this came out a couple days later like whoa um yeah Laurenitis, he was gone several and now he is like as you would expect 
completely, you know, flipped on Vince. He's he's gonna spill as many beans as he can spill. Like, if I I, I hope that for Johnny Ace's sake that he's like hiding in a fucking bunker somewhere, <laughs> under underground under like several miles of concrete and you know armed guards because I, I would. Uh, I don't know. It feels like uh, we could have an, a, an Epstein type situation where one piece of shit has another piece of shit killed, but it looks like the one piece of shit killed himself, even though the other piece of shit orchestra allegedly, as far as we know, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in his jail cell, which sounds a little absurd, but eh, okay, whatever. Um, anyways, but this uh, this Laurenitis. Fellow, he was the head of talent relations. He's a former wrestler himself, and uh, he's he's like he's claiming to be just as much a victim as anybody in the Vince. Like Vince forced him to do all this sleazy fucking shit, whatever. I, okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, and we'll. And that's the thing about about shit that's not on camera that we don't know about is we'll never know. We can hear any of the eyewitnesses, any of the, you know, we can, Vince is going to have his side. Laurinaitis will have his side. Uh, 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 Janelle, uh, whatever her name. I, Jesus. I apologize. I can't remember her name. Uh, you would think by now that I would, <laughs> that I would absolutely know her name because, uh, I'm just typing it in. Janelle Grant. How could I? How could I? That's such an easy name, and I here I am forgetting it. Uh, anyways, yeah, you know, there's there's her side of the story. There's Vince. There's a, you know, everybody's got their own side of the story, and you know, somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Uh, we don't remember every detail of everything a hundred percent, but I'm willing to wager that she probably remembers. A, it seems like she remembers a good amount. There's certain things that you're just not going to forget, even if you try to. And being defecated on by the owner of WWE in a hotel room while you're then forced to continue with the other person in this threesome while Vince showers and cleans off and you're still sitting there covered in his fucking feces while you have to, like, satisfy the other party in the room. Like, oh my god. Uh, so yeah, you, you're probably not going to forget that. And it's also, uh, to me, it's not something that you make up. Like, <laughs> maybe you do, but I don't think so. Uh, allegedly. Uh, so anyways, Laura Nidus is now just like, okay, fuck this Vince. I'm gonna, you know, he's, uh, we're, uh, we're, and that's the thing, man. Like, I still say that. I don't I think we're seeing like the tip of the tip of the iceberg right now. I I I just like this seems to run so deep and I'm not saying that it's like oh we're going to find out that every single wrestler ever was in you know it was just like this whole thing no. Um do I think that some wrestlers yeah. Probably, maybe. Do I think that uh uh, there were a lot of wrestlers shocked by this. Yeah, probably, probably the younger ones, the older ones. I uh, probably, you know, even if they're pretending to be shocked, probably not. 
super shocked because, you know, if you work for a guy and you work pretty closely with the guy for a number of years um, and wrestlers above a certain age probably worked with Vince a lot directly. So it's, you always kind of know, you know, the, the, the rumor and innuendo, as they say, uh, stuff, stuff travels, news travels and, you know, various versions of the truth, but, eh. um, so this, so this Laurenitis is just like, okay, uh, I was a victim too. I'm not going down with this prick. Whether or not he deserves to go down with Vince McMahon is another case for another time. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, having Christmas dinner together anytime soon. Uh, Tim Marchman of Vice News reports that a lawyer for former WWE executive John Laurinaitis says that most WWE management knew about Ashley Mazzaro's allegations that she was raped in Kuwait during a WWE tour in 2006. Mazzaro had claimed that top executives, including Vince McMahon and Laurinaitis, told her not to talk about it. McMahon was accused of covering up the alleged incident and of sexually harassing Mazzaro, according to legal documents and people who knew her. Uh, Markman Marchman writes that an attorney for Laurinaitis confirmed that the, letter, the latter was aware of the allegations and that most upper-level management did. WWE previously claimed that executives were unaware of the claims. Per Marchman, the Naval Criminal Investigation Service opened an investigation into Mazzaro's claims after her death by apparent suicide in 2019. The investigation closed in January 2020. Per an NCIS spokesperson and further information could not be released without doing so through the Freedom of Information Act. Mazzaro previously said WWE covered up her rape. Uh, Markman states that people who knew Mazzaro say that Vince McMahon sexually harassed her. Additionally, Markman says that what Laurinaitis' lawyer says is corroborated by a former WWE doctor. Uh, Laurinaitis' lawyer, Edward Brennan, who responded to questions about Ashley Mazzaro's allegations. Any allegations that Mr. Laurinaitis helped to cover up an alleged rape allegation is an outright lie, Brennan wrote. Johnny... (laughs) Like most upper-level management at some time became aware of the allegations and ensured all proper WWE protocols were followed, including including privacy for the alleged victim. We object to the use of the term cover-up as no such plan or plot ever took place to hide or assist in the alleged rape. Furthermore, Martin states that the spokesperson for TKO, which is the, that's the parent, you know, it's UFC, WWE, Endeavor, TKO, whatever, the parent company, Lawyer said to represent McMahon did not respond to requests for the comment. McMahon and Laurinaitis both implicated in the Janelle Grant lawsuit in which she alleges this engaged in sexual assault and sex trafficking of her. A spokesperson for McMahon has said the suit was replete with lies. McMahon resigned from WWE and TKO and now under federal investigation. As, like, oh my god. <laughs> it's just, and I, I feel like we're still just getting just scratching the surface of all of this and there's going to be just more and more stuff. And it's, I, there's just some like weird gut feeling that like, we're, we're just, just getting started. I, I, I honestly hope not. I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear any more uh, about Vince's uh, extracurriculars, if you will. Um, 
I I I want uh, I want them to you know go to trial, go through the process, and like I said, Vince rots in prison. You know, if found guilty, and hopefully, if he did this stuff or even a fraction of it, hopefully he is found guilty. But you know, money talks. He's <laughs> he's escaped a lot of stuff. I feel like there is no way for him to escape this. Uh, although the only other thing is, I can see him just. Like, I I can see Vince McMahon being the kind of person who would just will himself to die. (laughs) Like, he wants to have control over everything, so he would just be like, all right, body, die. Like, if, if, let's say it goes to trial, he's convicted, he's going to go to prison forever. Uh, Yeah, I can see Vince just being like, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to die now. I'm just going to drop dead right here in this courtroom. (laughs) Uh, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to play. I want justice to happen. Whatever, you know, whatever horrible things were done, alleged things were actually done, and people who were part of that or helped to cover it up or helped to whatever in any way, shape, or form were accessories to this this fucking rotten, horrible behavior. Uh, yeah, should all fucking die in a jail cell somewhere in federal pound me in the ass prison. Uh, and I want that to happen so we can just like be over it. Cause like, I know it's there. They got the rock and Roman, you know, a couple hours, they got the press conference later. Rock says, you'll never forget this one. I'm, okay. And people like, and but speaking of just like everybody calm the fuck down, calm down about Elmo. I know you feel the way that you want to feel, but let's like, you know, before we're calling for people's heads, let's just realize what we're actually talking about here. And the same goes for wrestling, because Simone Johnson, who's Rock's daughter, who is playing a character on NXT, uh, Ava Rain, I think is her her wrestling, her ring name. Uh, and she's like the general manager of NXT. Um, I always liked it before she was really in you know, in the machine and a little more, you know, could, could actually like tweet out her thoughts on things. I love following her on Twitter. Cause she was, I mean, she was commenting on, you know, any, anything that was going on, you know, not wrestling related stuff, just stuff in the news or whatever. And, you know, she was making her feelings very known. And I'm sure once she got under the WWE umbrella, they said, okay, uh, no more of that. Your, your Twitter is our Twitter. <laughs> Basically. Um, but she, uh, would she leave Instagram? She leave Twitter? Both? People, people were fucking sending her death threats because of the main event of WrestleMania, as of right now, appears to be The Rock versus Roman Reigns. And people were so unhappy that Cody Rhodes is not currently in that scenario that they fucking threatened death on The Rock's daughter who had nothing to do with anything what even if she did it's fucking wrestling guys calm the fuck down if it's rock versus roman reigns at wrestlemania that's fine if it's not that's fine stuff had to be changed obviously I think, you know, until a couple weeks ago, WWE was expecting that at this point in time, they would have a very active CM Punk and a very active Brock Lesnar 
on their roster heading in towards uh, you know WrestleMania, and they don't. And they're not gonna. I mean, CM Punk will probably be on television here and there. Brock Lesnar ain't gonna be coming back anytime soon, if if ever. I don't know. Um, and I'd be fine with that because I just don't like the guy. <laughs> I've been wanting him to go away for like a decade, if not more. <laughs> Although, of course, irony of ironies is I finally am looking forward to a Brock Lesnar match because it seemed like they were going to have Brock Lesnar versus Gunther uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, Gunther and Brock Lesnar. And to see Gunther and Lesnar just go at it and like beat the shit out of each other. And, of course, the only outcome would have been Gunther winning. I would have liked to have seen that and then never see Brock Lesnar again. But I'll I'll take what we get. Okay. Um Yeah, so like okay, you're not going to have CM Punk wrestling at WrestleMania. You're definitely not going to have Brock Lesnar. Uh Seth Rollins is injured <laughs> and he's saying that he will wrestle at WrestleMania no matter what, but like it's still not quite what was expected. So they, they probably had to call a couple of a couple of audibles here and there. And we're getting the match that we've been wanting for like a couple of years, Rock versus Roman Reigns. And I get it. It's the way that they gave. It's not so much the match as it is the way that it came about with Cody Rose just saying, eh, I, this is the only thing I, I live and breathe for this championship that you have, Roman Reigns. And I, you screwed me at WrestleMania last year, but I'm, I'm, I won the Royal Rumble a second time in a row. Something that hasn't been done since 1998. And I'm in the elite, rarefied air of Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold Steve Austin winning back-to-back Rumbles. Uh, but you know, yeah, The Rock can have the match. I'll yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll go try and get Seth's title belt, even though he and I have wrestled a million times, and it really doesn't need to happen. But yeah, Rock, you can have this this one. It's like that's 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 what you came up with. Which leads me to think, like, it's all fucking, like, this is all part of the plan. Like, a last-minute plan that probably did get changed considerably with the absence of Brock and CM Punk. But I still, uh, it, it just seems, it seems contrived. Like, you've got the hashtag of justice for Cody and whatever it is. And then you had the response on, like, the rock rules or whatever the, whatever the team rock or whatever the hashtag was. And, uh... Yeah, and then you have Cody in the middle of Raw because they were chanting like Rocky sucks, Rocky sucks, all this stuff on Raw, and even Seth Rollins like out of character is like, wow, I, I even I didn't expect that one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it just seems like okay, the whole wrestling world has a lot of anger. For any number of reasons, but most recently in the last two weeks, that anger is that all this shit, this dark fucking cloud over the whole wrestling world with the Vince McMahon stuff. And now this Ashley Mazzaro stuff is just, it's all just like sickening. It truly is. It's like, it's it's awful. Uh, And uh, so rather than having the whole wrestling world focusing on the horribleness of Vince McMahon and his uh, little inner circle there. They said, okay, the fans are pissed. Let's make them pissed at some, you know, and let's, let's give them a, let's do a little fake out or do a, whatever, you know, either way, I don't even know. 
we'll get them mad at like fake wrestling storylines instead of actual shit so that we're not talking about this horrible stuff that is, uh, you know, could tarnish the name of the company uh, even more so as more information comes out. So I feel like it just seems like eh, something's something's going on here. And then you've because you've got like the WWE's official like social media pages like. You know, justice for Cody. It's like, well, you are the WWE. You could, you could, like, okay. So I feel like they're trying to recreate ten years ago when they had a very real sort of fan movement, the Yes movement, which got Daniel Bryan into the WrestleMania main event that he was not originally scheduled to be part of. Uh and um. I feel like they're they're trying to recreate that, but more so that we're not talking about real bad stuff. And of course, because it's wrestling fans and it's humans, you have The Rock's daughter getting death threats and all. Just like even you know, even Cody Rhodes, he probably felt bad because like you know the the whole like hijack Raw thing where you're just chanting Rocky sucks for three hours. It's like. But there's a bunch of people coming out here. You paid money to see all these people entertain you, and you're gonna just chant "Rocky sucks" during their match like that. So I think uh, Cody went on Twitter Monday night and was like, "Get it, you're pissed," and then he just wrote, "Just trust me," and that was it. So it's like, okay, he's he's yeah. I never really had a doubt that like it wasn't like Cody wasn't gonna somehow. I, I, and I also I just I don't care. Whatever the match is, I don't care. I hope it's not a triple threat. It probably will be. It's kind of a lazy, like, eh, just throw Cody in the match. Um, It would be cool, though, if they had, uh, if they said, oh, Roman, you're going to defend your title against Cody Rhodes, and you're going to defend your tribal chief head of the table status against The Rock. Whatever. I don't know, but... uh. I'm not too worried about it. It's like, whatever. Just, just, everybody just calm the fuck down. <laughs> just calm the fuck down. Uh, yeah. So, it's, 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 to me, seems a little like they're, they're putting this on. Like, there's not really as big of a, a quote unquote controversy as we think there is. Cody's not really being screwed and all this. But uh, I feel like it's just to, like, let's take the attention off of, here's The Rock, everybody. <laughs> Whether you love him or hate him, he's The Rock. He's one of the biggest stars on the planet. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, I know there's other stuff going on, but I, I gotta I gotta bounce. This is, this is gotta go. Gots to go. Uh Let's see. It's Thursday. I'm sure that sometime soon I will talk about the press conference that's going to happen later. Uh, I think that should be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, and then uh, anything else uh, that, that comes up in wrestling. And, yeah, we got the Super Bowl this weekend. I guess I'll have to do my Super Bowl picks. Ugh. Who cares? Chiefs and 49ers. I, I don't fucking know. Chiefs. There, there's my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've, it's, I feel like a, some, it's just another one of those like nagging things where I'm like, I don't know, 49ers. But it's probably going to be one of those things where the Chiefs win like 37 to 10 or some bullshit thing like that. I don't know. Either way, it's time for me to wrap this up. It's time for me to hit the 
Oh, there's some music as we as we uh, sign off. <laughs> a little more uh, Hemlock Springs with Girlfriend, which is maybe that's a little tone deaf. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about like this has been all over the place. Elmo and sex trafficking and WrestleMania and pop music and whatever else. And my Super Bowl picks. I don't know if I'm picking Kansas City. We'll f I'll do an official thing. Either way, I'm going to go. But uh, we will definitely talk to you next time. Right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. <laughs>